Here's the situation. The Journal of Medicine has proven that your name does affect how you perceive yourself and are perceived by the world. Given the chance to go back in time, what would you name yourself from here on out? This is Here's the Situation. I'm TJ Jagodowski. I'm Rush Howell. And this is a very real podcast about very hypothetical situations. We uh, came up with a theme for this one, Rush. What I, We said, come on, let's come up with a word for this one. And I That's said, right. senses. And you said... I said, right, so we should do senses and sense us. Right. Uh, because I couldn't tell exactly which one you said, so let's do both. So this episode is sense and sensibility. <laughs> right, will be yeah. will be the name will be the name of this one. And uh, do you have a, do you have a, a situation, Rush? Uh, I do. Um, so let's start with this one, which I I think uh, uh, we can go into a little bit of depth on. So uh, I'm I'm going to start with one on the sensus. Uh, I went back and I read for a while until I got bored all of the questions that are currently on the census. There okay. are quite a few. Mm-hmm. And I thought of this. Here's the situation. Yes. Someone comes to you from the American Census Bureau or whatever okay. it's called and says, you get to add one question to the census. Can be... Absolutely anything. Doesn't need to be similar to other census-type questions. You are then going to be transported to a lodge atop a mountain. Okay. (laughs) Where you will have to live one week in isolation with a person who answers that census question the way that you choose. Okay. So it's basically you have one question to try to determine who... What type of people you would most likely be willing to spend a week of your life in a kind of cramped uh, circumstance such that you can't just, you know, kind of read a book and disappear from engaging with this person. You got to come up with one question that for you, all of America answers, you split those answers up. Okay. It can be, it can be a yes or no question. It can be on a scale of one to 10 type question. So you could say, I'm going to take everyone that answered a 10 on this question, okay. and I'm going to go, and then randomly, you're going to be assigned one of those people from anywhere in America. From off one question. Got to spend, right, all the other questions irrelevant to this particular okay. thing. The Census Bureau has just decided they're going to do this for fun. Okay. I'll, obviously, off the top of my head, here's my question. Would your friends say you are kind and curious? Wow. That's my question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I so I think like eighty eight percent of America will say yes. <laughs> then I guess I'll take my chances. So you are running. I'm. I. I mean, it's a great. It's if answered honestly, a wonderful question right. for who you will spend the uh, the the week with on the abandoned uh, mountaintop lodge. But I worry that you're going to get a lot of yeah uh, <clears throat> flat out lies yeah and a lot of people who are. Uh, totally lack <laughs> <Yeah>. the self-awareness <laughs> right. to understand. Do you, if if I said, would you describe yourself as kind and curious, do you think I get a better chance of someone answering, like, honestly, in a way? Because I didn't want, I, at first I was like, oh, if you say you are, then you're probably a jerk, you know, like, but you think you are. And so I wanted to modify it to like, would you do you think your friends would describe you that way to kind of remove it from their own ego in a way? But perhaps I would get more kind and curious people if I did say 
would you say you are kind and curious? Because maybe some people would be less likely to just throw out a yeah in that case if they had to like, well, describe themselves, you know? I, I think your question is better than if you just say, would you describe yourself okay. as kind and curious? I, I do think you might get uh, more people who would be falsely modest who are indeed kind and curious. Okay. And you lose those people who might be more willing to say that they are if they're saying that their friends would say that okay. they are. Uh, because the worst, I mean, the worst would be to, to get like a false selection problem where anyone that actually, like if you said, hey, are you a good guy? <laughs> and then everyone who says, well, I mean, I, actually good people might think, well, I don't know. I mean, there's right. some things that are good and some right. things that are bad. I I think if I had your question, what I would do is probably if I was going to pick one like that is probably say something like on a scale of one to ten, how kind and would okay. you call, how kind and curious are you? And then would you take the eights? I would take the eights. Okay, exactly right, <laughs> exactly right. I, you're never taking the tens are horrible people, like they're crazy right. probably, and then uh, or or like dangerously curious right. or dangerously kind. And, and, and my first thoughts also were like, okay, maybe I'll get a Red Sox fan, but that's going to last about two hours of conversation without actual like TV or radio to listen to the ball games. Just that having that in common or like, are you a fan of movies or music? So like none of that seemed like, but if someone, I would almost want to do something like this, this, you know, this is not plugging the show from within the show, but like, <laughs> but if someone was like willing to have these conversations, then this is something feels a little bit more sustainable over the course of of right. a week then man i i really like you know van morrison too you right. know like um what do you what, what would you well, do well what's interesting is it's super hard on, i think on that one and that's why i said we'd probably go deeper into this one because to come up with one on the top of your head is is pretty tough because i thought of this and then spent days thinking about different questions because everyone i came up with i didn't like they all led to me thinking I would get way too many false positives. I mean, you could be like really terribly superficial and be like, uh, rate yourself an attractiveness uh-huh. from a scale of one to 10 and take all the nines and just say, I'm either going to be with a really attractive lady or, you know, a really like knockout dude for, uh, for a week <laughs> up on this mountain. Uh, <laughs> we just, we'll just talk about how good looking they are. Well, for I mean, you five know, days. Right. But you could just say, Hey, at that point, I don't care as much about the conversation. <laughs> uh, but I thought, I mean, where I started was kind of similar to you. My first thing was, um, what percentage of your income have you donated to charity in the last year and then take everyone that said uh 15% okay something like that so at least you were the good person even right. if they're dull or but, but whatever. also but then i thought well you're probably getting a lot of liars there mm-hmm. as well because it's really probably easy to come up and just say i mean there's nobody going to check on it mm-hmm. and then i thought like you said i thought what about if i said uh, i'm a big Roger Federer fan so uh would you agree with the statement that Roger Federer is the greatest tennis player of all time? Because I don't want to spend a week with somebody that doesn't agree with that and, and put, but you should probably pick someone who, who doesn't so that you can sustain the, because otherwise like, yeah, Hey, me too. Well, okay. But what's I just next? think that I think you're going to be a bad person if you don't agree with that. So I, I don't want to spend that, that week with uh, that person. But then I thought, well, you're going to get, I mean, the, it, if you're Red Sox fans or Federer fans or Atlanta Braves fans or whatever, that's it, way too wide of a mm-hmm. swath. Um, I thought about, uh, name your favorite movie 
And then I'll just take everyone that says some like down the middle, nice movie like Back to the Future or mm-hmm. Shawshank Redemption. Some movie that I, I think is, you know, really good and would suggest that at least the person's got kind of similar taste. Right. Not for the sake of talking about that movie, but a litmus example as far as like, okay, this person is middle of the road cool or whatever, middle of the road like me kind of. Right. Yeah. In, in all circumstances, I was not going for, I want to actually have conversations about this specific topic. Right. Um, rather that it was a litmus test, like yeah. you said, to figure out if, if they're just somebody I'm going to enjoy talking to. But may, maybe I, I could have gone deep on a specific topic that I could spend a week on, you know, like, um, I don't know, ask something about uh, poker or something that right. I, I like playing poker oh, right. or play a cards. gambling question mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Do you know the rules to <laughs> Magic the Gathering? <laughs> I mean, that might be the right way to go. And then I just bring some Magic the Gathering cards and I can while away a week. A week's uh, a long time with a stranger. Also, like, you know, that might be my, my question yeah. because I know the people that play Magic the Gathering. I've met them. They're pretty similar. Uh <laughs> And that could be a good time. It was nice to go, it was nice to watch you stumble across that right on right on the spot here. Yeah, after <laughs> all the time you spent thinking about I spent it, a bunch it was... of time thinking about it. And I, I couldn't come up with one. I mean, I had a few that I was like, well, that is certainly going to lead to some false positives, you know. Right. I also looked the census up, and the first census, the initial census, was done in Rome to uh, determine how many basically men of fighting age they had for uh, for army purposes. So here's the situation, Rush. The draft is reinstated, and uh, you sign up, and your number is immediately called. But the draft is no longer hooked to any particular time. You can be sent in time to fight in any, we'll say, war that the U.S. was involved with. So you, it's still the U.S. draft. Um, what, as your number is pulled, and they say, you know, Rush Howell, um, you're being sent to. Which war are you most hoping you're not sent to? And which war are you most hoping you are sent to? Okay. So it's basically, I'm going to go back in time and fight in some war that the U.S. is engaged in. Uh, Okay. I think certainly I am going to avoid the civil war. Mm -hmm. I don't want any part of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in the South. I would certainly not want to fight for the, On the South. the wrong side of history of uh, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure which side I would be assigned to. All right. Regardless. That one, that's, it's ugly either way, yeah. for sure. And let me just be very clear here that my moral conviction regarding the Civil War is secondary <laughs> to my uh, general understanding of the mortality rates in these wars. Uh-huh. And I'm looking to go low on that one. <laughs> I don't want, I mean, the Civil War was, uh, well, we've all seen Gone with the Wind, mm-hmm. that scene where, uh, you know, they pan out and every single person is dead. Uh, I And I know the stats, I can't remember them. I'm always embarrassed, by the way, by how much of these, like, good historical oh. facts I've forgotten over time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do know that uh, that was the bloodiest war and percentage-wise incredibly bloody, of course. Also terrible like on battlefield you know medications that's and, and, one of the ones that scared it's not my pick but and i think just about all of us have this image in our mind of literally the saw bones doctor right. with the bone saw cutting off a leg or an arm or maybe we all saw the same still shot or movie about the civil war where that happened you know right. or or all of them where that happened yeah and i 
I don't like even things like Band of Brothers, which I really enjoyed. Every scene where the guy's guts are hanging out mm-hmm. is just, I mean, that's a rough one. Yeah. I don't want any part of that. But yeah, like you said, it's, I don't want my leg sawed off. And I also don't want the thing where it's like, hey, drink this brandy while uh-huh. you, <laughs> they just shatter your leg in order to bite do a belt. <laughs> right. And and I think there was a lot of, uh, a lot of people dying, like very slow gangrenous deaths yeah. in, in these makeshift hospitals along the way. So if I'm going to take that, I'm probably going to rule out everything else pre-Civil War as well when we're not going to have. Now, I feel like it wouldn't be fair to say the Cold War in yeah, as much no. as um, no. that was not a mm-hmm. true war. Yeah, you, know, you can't be in the uh, you, can't, you can't be drafting the war on illiteracy. It, yeah, okay. And it, well, yeah, the the war on the Oxford comma. Right. Yeah, uh, on the double. On, I would like to be a part of the war on uh, the on ha- having two spaces after a period in typing because uh, that one I really feel strongly yeah. about. No. Um, all right. So if I have to pick an actual uh, war, I, I mean, I hate to. Uh, I certainly don't want to be like cavalier about it because it's all terrible, and I I just I, I'm not cut out for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe when I was younger, I could have been cut out for it, but I just, you know, years and years of getting softer and softer, uh, I'd, I'd be bad. Um, but I, I would say the first Desert Storm. Okay, I hear you. Um, both because I, my recollection is it went a little bit quicker. Right. Uh, and because- At least through our news, it was a bit of a romp. It, it, it correct. Was, yeah, it was a very lopsided. Yeah, correct. And also, um, the I would certainly look for something more recent in time because, uh, again, if I, I think the overall technology and so forth, um, if I die, it's probably going to be more uh, quick. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you don't want to get captured and tortured, but that's true in any right any time period. <laughs> uh, but also, the second. Um, the second war, you know, you wouldn't feel as good about the the U.S. motivations yeah. necessarily uh, in going there. Not to get too much into that, but I, that, that's why I would pick the first Desert Storm. I think I think I'd only be over there for so long. Yep. We would win easily, right. um, and uh, you would come home. I think I think generally well regarded. Um, I, I think it's kind of disgraceful what happened to the the people that fought in Vietnam and so forth, who, yeah. who were treated terribly when they came back. So that would be very low on my list too. Yeah. Um, um, as I went through them, I had like, oh, maybe I'd pick the War of eighteen twelve just so I could run around saying like, hey, who's in this thing? Where are we? <laughs> right. What what's it all about? Like, is this the main? Is this because someone sunk the main or lucid? What like just to educate myself as to like who's on our side? Yeah, uh, you know. Um, a little dangerous to pick one where you don't know any of the facts. Yeah. yeah. And then I, and then I thought like, okay, if I do want to go to one, maybe I'll go to world war two because I don't like the more moral and, you know, moral ambiguity. And that seemed very like, these are bad guys, you know, like we're the good guys. Um, so, but as I thought more and more about it and I tested these out on, on my wife, Beth and hers entirely had to do with medical care. So nice. she was definitely not civil war. And then she wanted to go to the Gulf war just because she figured medicine's going to keep on getting better and better. And so, you know, so if she got hurt, then, th- then she'd be well taken care of. Um, but I ended up picking the one I definitely did not want was Vietnam. Right. Uh, a lot of reasons, mostly for the moral ambiguity of it, for the kind of like, guerrilla style of it the the constant like where are where is the enemy it just seemed like everyone was like 
lost all the time, didn't know where people were going to be coming out of holes, out of the woods, Agent Orange, um, Napalm. It all just sounded terrible. And it was there, there, you know, like fighting on their land seemed just like, oh, you're you're up against this from from jump. This, this is bad news. And, and I, I often say that like the 10 worst moments of my life involve either a death mm-hmm. or an unair conditioned bathroom. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think that th- that would be a significant problem uh, yeah. out there. I mean, it just the, the heat, country wasn't an just unair conditioned bathroom. Yeah, at some exactly. Point, right? I mean, just fighting in that jungle. I mean, uh, just a ton of respect for the people that could do it. But, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, I would absolutely hate doing that. Yeah, and then I, I, I'm not of, even interested in visiting Southeast no. Asia, uh, although I hear that Vietnam is is awesome to visit. But if I did, just like I'm sure I would like to visit South America, I'm not going to jungles. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And like you said, people coming home and you know, and the country being torn into about it, and you know that that reception and the few people. It's also one of the only wars that I've met a decent amount of veterans of it and they all seem to have just the you know some sort of um psychological difficulty to this day with having dealt with what they saw or you know uh, had to do um but i did despite the healthcare, i picked the american revolution wow uh it seemed like it was easy that like a bunch of guys in red coats drums coming down the middle of the street really presented some some convenient targeting right and then because i really don't like guns i figure like if i dodge the first bullet i might have two minutes to run you know like this guy's gotta open his you know his powder horn and tamp it and put a ball in there and by that time i'm gone plus a lot of it was in massachusetts you know or the and i I can feel good about that i would know the land and stuff well and i mean part of it may be your your recent uh uh, your recent, you know, head head of the parade. I forget exactly the the title that you got, but uh, what was it for? I won the JFK award for the Holyoke St. Patrick's Day parade. Yeah, yeah, which seemed pretty awesome. And <laughs> I think maybe that's influencing you a bit because if you think about like war, great American war heroes, the highest percentage uh, got to be American Revolution, yeah, right? Minutemen and yeah, the whole know, deal. Yeah, like, we got tons of names cool there. Name. <laughs> Whereas if you're like, who were our great generals in Vietnam? You got to find like a really a military history buff before yeah. you're, before you're hearing it. General Westmoreland was running that thing and he was not well thought of, I don't think. Yeah. All I know is he had like a pretty cool hotel suite out yeah. there. In, uh, <laughs> maybe in Thailand that he kept that was famous. You got one, my friend. Uh, I do. So changing to uh, your senses... Uh-huh. From the since us, yes. Uh, you you meet a magical man. Okay, this magical man has the capability to uh, take you back to when you turned eighteen years old mm-hmm. and change three foods for you. Okay, from you not liking them to liking them, or ah. from you liking them to not liking them. Okay, and it will be permanent, and you won't have. To worry about it at all. Okay. It's just, those are changed entirely. So, for instance, one that I would choose is I would choose, I, I, lo- I love mayonnaise. Yeah. Not I hate that I love gotcha. mayonnaise. Right. It's not, there's not like really fun associated with liking mayonnaise or anything. All it is is like a really fattening thing that's bad for me that I absolutely love. And that, and it's what made me think of this one because I did not like it as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then it just, 
the switch happened and I, now I like mayonnaise and I would probably pay a lot of money to just actually not like it. Yeah. As opposed to force myself not to eat it, which then makes me just upset. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to go from, cause as a kid, I love this food. And then my mom said one day I never wanted another one. And to this day, I haven't had another one since I was probably seven or eight years old. So I would, um, I would have the switch flipped back on for bananas. Okay. I think they're convenient. I hear they're great for you. And I guess I had one every day up until like I was eight years old and then just didn't like them ever again and haven't touched one since. He just overdid it. Beth eats like two a day and I can't, I can't stand them, but they're, they're convenient. They're easy to travel with. They're a nice amount of snack if you're on the go. Um, the, you know, self-contained, you don't have right. to put it in a bag or, or whatever. Um, I'd probably try and uh, not like... It's a general category, but I can get more specific. Candy. I eat a ton of sugar and still do to this day. Um, and as opposed to something like, um, you know, cheese may not be great for me. I'm not taking cheese out. I think it provides a, you know, decent function for myself. So I'm not totally going to take agree. that out. But you can whoop you can whoop candy out. And I think I would have gotten on. There are two vegetables that I think were horribly mistreated. Yeah through just about everyone's childhood of a certain age that I had later in life was like, well, if you were doing this to them in the first place, we wouldn't have hated them. Right. Um, beets, which was just a salad bar pickled thing. Yep. And Brussels sprouts, which oh. were boiled to hell or whatever and stunk and all that. And now you roast either of them, little olive oil or blah, blah, blah. It's just delicious. So I probably would have hopped on. I would have said, turn me on for beets early and i'll and eternally i'll ride beats. i'll ride this out yeah eternally beats. yeah yeah I, I that's funny because the uh, the restaurant industry now of course just loves beets Love and brussels sprouts yep. and cauliflower all three of which right. are tremendous when you have them in the restaurant i think they're a little overrated in the sense that a lot of the time where you're like, oh, you know what? I love Brussels sprouts. It's because it's buttered up oh, with yeah. bacon in Salted there. Salted like crazy. Salted and, yeah, and fried you're saying, up oh, and, yeah, it's right. crazy. I like these fried bacon mm -hmm. salt Brussels sprouts. Yeah. However, uh, I do agree on both beets and uh, Brussels sprouts uh, that, that if you roast them, you can, you know, kind of lightly salt it, yep. have it be just a little crispier as opposed to those as a kid. And I just always thought of them as mushy, yeah, runny, boiled, terrible. Yeah, they treated them like old Irish people did cabbage. Yeah. You know, they just threw it in a pot and boiled the living hell out of it. It stunk up the kitchen, smelled and got sour, you know, like, and it doesn't need to be that way, apparently. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, I similarly at one time ordered a poached fish, just not understanding because mm. I thought poached eggs I liked. And poached fish is like Brussels sprouting up a fish. I mean, it is atrocious. Man, it is atrocious. Is rolling the dice. With yeah, I mean, what I don't know what like I was thinking. That is, and it was me uh -huh. and my friends Kate and John, and and John and I were just we both boldly order this poached fish, uh -huh. yeah. and, and John's wife Kate said, "What what are you doing? You don't want that." And we said, "Well, I don't know. It looks pretty good. It's on the menu." A lady already got, saw around oh, the corner on you guys. Yeah, she and she just laughed. She laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> And we didn't get our revenge until years later when uh, she ate the hottest pepper I've ever seen. <laughs> she was just like, yeah, I think I got this. And uh, and we said, this is kind of a poached, yeah, a poached yeah, fish got situation. Got back to her. <laughs> but I, I do want to just touch on cheese. Yes. Because I, I thought about it for a second. Hey, well, get rid of cheese. Because there's no vice in food for me that's worse than cheese. Yep. I eat a ton of it. I love it. So good. Uh, and I just thought. For two reasons, I, I would never get rid of it, even if even if I had that power to do it, even if it would 
that alone would help me lose, you know, 20 pounds or whatever it would be is um, number one. There is a social benefit to to cheese. That's that's the smaller <laughs> part of it. But, you know, you can kind of have these like like you have societies hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> you got your wine and cheese. They're you just got your Emmenthaler clubs on every corner. <laughs> you have your, yeah. your I mean, again, Gouda leagues. This is less than one percent of, of these two things. But I, it is fun. <laughs> Um, not that I've done it that often, but, you know, traveling through like Italy and you stop at a place and they serve wine and cheese outside right. and it wouldn't be the same without yeah. doing the cheese. And then the second thing is I'm just like, I, I like mayonnaise. It's good. It, it makes the sandwich that would otherwise be dry, taste better. But I just, I mean, getting to eat cheese is so exciting for me. I'm, I'm so like happy yeah. to get to do it that I, I don't think, uh, the health downside would would be worth giving up that thing the that pleasure. I, I really yeah do. and part of what i want uh, i want us to do in this podcast too is like come up you know explore a little bit the reasons why we make you know like why we make these the, these decisions that we're making and you know for for one of us usually on the fly of right what what thought process does it go through and that's kind of where where an idea that might be worth exploring is like what how much pleasure do you want to maintain for yourself? You know, that like that if, Hey, if this mayonnaise takes my taste, my sandwich makes my sandwich taste better. Why would I, you know, eliminate it? And I guess that's weighed against the, the health benefits of it. Right. Whereas like, if I just take candy away, I can still get a sweet kick from something else. I, you know, I can still have a cookie or, or whatever. So, you know, like how much pleasure do I want to deprive? I'd almost, you know, as I was thinking about the question in general, oh, should I just pick three things that I'm turning my flavor, my flavor on back on for, or my like back on for, um, as opposed to like turning, you know, turning stuff off? Should I be opening my world up a little bit rather than closing aspects of it down, you know, or just rely on my own willpower right? as opposed to like the, you know, the magic, the magic man held them. Yeah. And it's hard for me to think about this conversation without getting into something I don't want to get into in any real detail here, but is just what you were just talking about is a calculus that I have to run with alcohol all the time. Uh And I think a lot of people do. um, I I think, you you know, that you just, you do come to trade-offs about, Hey, health versus how much do I want to be able to enjoy or whatever other reasons people drink alcohol. But again, I think that's way too broad a topic. We can come back to that. Funny you should mention it because one thing I thought was like, Oh, I would have turned off my my like of Jameson, right. which developed later in life. But I never necessarily really liked the flavor of it. All <laughs> right, that, right. You know, like I liked I liked the impact. And full disclosure, I'm I'm an alcoholic, and so the only time, uh, and this is apropos of very little, but the only time I've ever I've always heard people say like, "Oh, my mouth watered. I smell that steak in my mouth." The only time, and it will happen. Every time I do it, the only time I feel my mouth water is when I think about Irish whiskey. <laughs> Huh. I can feel the side of my tongue start start going, and I never felt that sensation. I never really understood what people were were you know actually describing when they said it made my mouth my mouth water. Right. Uh, unfortunately, I get that on like a lot of foods. Uh, <laughs> it just it probably is just going to be how hungry I am. <laughs> All right, I got one for you, Rush, okay. and this is kind of a goofy one. Um, I kind of like it, so uh, this will go to a sense as well, and the sense is smell. So here's the situation: <laughs> you're walking down the street. And someone walks up to you with a stainless steel canister about the size of a coffee can, glass lid, you can't see in it. 
but that's what they hold. And they say, here, smell this. And they open the lid and you do. Okay. I'm going to describe for you just briefly the person who does this. I have a couple different brief descriptions. I want you to tell me the smell that comes out of the canister when you do smell it. Got it. Fair so enough. I'm imagining a person and you're going to describe different people. I'm going to describe different people. They walk up to you with this canister and say, hey, smell this. And before you can either, you know, either you're more than willing to or before you cannot. You smell this. Right, right. Cool. And, and to be clear, I would never be willing to. So this is going to be, yeah. uh, but I get it. I'm, but it's I'm, not necessarily bad. It's just, nope. you know, you just could smell be good, it before, be yeah, before, you, before you don't smell it. Yes. All right. A 22-year-old woman in a yoga outfit with a baby and a backpack carrier. Uh, I think it's going to be like a lavender candle. Okay, great. A 70-year-old woman, super fancy, holding an old-timey megaphone. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I think it's going to be like peanut brittle, but then it's a snake. (laughs) So, so she tricks me in with the old peanut brittle. But you get the smell of peanut brittle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. She built her own. (laughs) All right. Next one. A dude who looks so much like you, it's weird, but he's got jet black hair and, and brown and brown eyes. And just for the record, you're a dirty blonde, light brown haired guy with blue eyes, but he looks like. Man, that guy's a dead ringer for me, but all of his coloring is much darker. He opens, he says, smell this, opens the can. Uh, I think that is going to be like a delicious, like, uh, like dumpling. Okay. Like with uh, just really hot, fresh uh, dumplings. Okay. Um, talking duck, six foot tall, 340 pounds. Yeah, like a dump. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where you dump garbage or like a no, duck dump? Like a, it's, like it's his a, own. He took a shit. Okay. <laughs> and that, I mean, what is that thing up to, right? It's up to no good. I don't know. He's 20 times bigger than the duck should be. <laughs> he's talking, which he shouldn't. He's just, uh, he's probably wearing a diaper. I'm in my mind. He's Maybe. wearing a diaper and yeah, he just you. dumped right <laughs> in that thing. All right. <laughs> um, for the for the guy who looked a lot like you, what what influenced your decision in that being the smell? It was it just a feel uh, like because this is also one where you can close your eyes and just like you know what what's going to pop into my head with that? I was just out of curiosity. Did did anything particular influence you? Uh, I I think uh, well I'm not quite sure. I picked a smell that I like because the guy looks like me, so I just associated him with me. And then um, I don't know why, probably some like racist thing or something where I was like, oh, now he's got black hair and, and uh, like Asians tend to have black hair. So maybe something weird like that triggered my uh, thinking about that. Because I wouldn't normally say, oh, dumplings are my favorite smell, but I do love it. Mm-hmm. Like if like a really good, you know, so that I think that's why uh, I went there with the old lady. I was like, oh, it's going to be some like thing that she made but then she had a <laughs> megaphone which is just so uh, you know we're into like gallagher type stuff at that point that's what made me think oh this thing will, will, will pop up on me and then i just didn't trust that duck right okay. away um i think there are other huge animals that could come by and huge talking animals where you just describing that obviously fantastical beast i would i would i would have a, a, a kinder thought yeah, about a gut that? reaction like that a I pony like. if it was like a talking pony oh, yeah, or, pony or like, okay. a big, like a big like a welsh corgi that's like 100 times bigger than he should be i was a curiosity welsh corgi six foot tall 300 pounds and a canister says hey smell this what do you got Whew, uh like hmm. and you love a corgi I right do. that's your favorite that's I your lo- favorite dog i love a corgi they just cry they make me laugh <laughs> which i love um i mean i think it's gonna be like 
it's going to be like a bunch of like the red cherry starburst. Okay. You know, that he's just so happy that he got like peanut what, brittle, no snake. Yeah, no, no snake at all. But I mean, he's going to be so it, it's probably it's going to be something underwhelming because I think a Corgi is just going to be happy about almost anything. Okay. So almost anything that would be in there, he would want me to smell. Hey, I found a rock. Right. He's oh. the kind of dog that would just be super happy about. Right. Yeah. Just having just having a blast. Yeah. And now he's huge. And that's, you know, he's probably enjoying his, yeah, his ability right. to speak. Do all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it, uh, I was thinking of one that, that we won't end up doing, but um, it, it kind of ties to this a little bit. Just... I'll just ask the question. They say that smell is the sense most tied to memory. Memory, yeah. Do you agree with that, first of all? Hmm. Um not, not necessarily. No, not 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 necessarily. I do not either. I am quite certain that that is not true for me, but it may be that I have a weak sense of smell. There are a couple of smells that that really do that are very visceral, but there's a, there's also a couple of sounds. I, I'm sure, you know, a couple of things I can see, you know, like, um, I don't know if I have it so much with taste that immediately takes me back to, to another, to another time. I, I don't know if, if I do, I haven't had it in a while, but I know I think across the sensual spectrum, there are super like evocative memory inducing, uh, aspects to them all, I think. I, touch actually touch is probably the one least i don't think i've ever felt anything I'm like oh my god that that so reminds me of right. this you know? I, right i would agree but I, for me the it's far and away um sight and and auditory hearing yeah are the two and may, again maybe i'm like oh yeah uh, my my sense of uh, smell isn't that strong but i was thinking about it it was just kind of odd too to say oh memory is most tied to smell i was right. like what do you think is most tied to fear <laughs> hate <laughs> Right. Yeah. Hate. What about <laughs> nausea? What about uh, proficiency right. in uh, sporting <laughs> events? You know, oddly enough, the smell that most draws me immediately back to my to the home I grew up in is, is the smell of the bristles of the broom that we had in our pantry. And I and I did very rarely smell it. It's a particular, you know, like kind of strandy, worn, dusty sort of plasticky smell that the bristles were were plastic. Uh, but when I do that, I'm back. I'm back in, in in that house when I do smell it. But it's rare that I get something like that. Nostalgia is a very very powerful emotion. Maybe the most I think they've, some people and dangerous. It is a dangerous, I think, emotion as well. Oh, for like sure, pursuit for sure. And I I find that um. The, the two things that are just maybe hearing some music yeah. can trigger a lot of Absolutely. nostalgia and memory for me. And then uh, when I have memories, I mean, I'm very visual in that regard. But in any case, uh, now I'll, I'll have this memory of this duck handing me a, <laughs> a, a, a vat of shit. You want to do one more each, buddy? Do you have, uh, another, sure. do you have another one? I got one if, uh, okay. if they're ready, if you yeah, want. Yeah, you go ahead. Um, so this is another um, sensual one, sense, um, and this is sight and sound. Okay. So here's the situation. You are visited by a personal death transitional specialist who says, hey, people don't usually know this, but this happens to everyone. Um, in your final minutes as uh, before you die, um, your brain kind of switches to some sight and sound um, that you're allowed to pick. So you can pick a piece of music um, or a song, particular song or piece of music, and pair it with 
uh, a picture or musing uh, or moving visuals. So uh, designed for the purpose that in those moments before you, you know, you realize you're dying, but in those moments it can calm you or keep you in a peaceful spot or a happy spot or a joyous, you know, fun or, you know, a comedic spot. So you don't get too worried about, you know, the fact that you're actually passing on now. Um, so which visual image would you pick and what would, uh, what piece of music or song would you pair it with to help keep you soothed in your transition? I realize it's a big question. I can tell right. you mine if if you want. If yeah, you want sure, to buy sure. some time. Well, I'm a big Van Morrison fan, um, and the the only the last thing I could remember having that I felt like this is a religious experience. I fell asleep listening to Astral Weeks. I took a nap, which is really rare for me. I'm not a napper, and uh, Astral Weeks was on, and I dreamt I was in a church. All of Van Morrison's music was part of the mass instead of hymns or whatever. And I woke up from the nap crying, just sobbing in a very like pleasurable, pleasurable way, like a really cathartic release. Like I'd witnessed something beautiful and this was what was going on. So I picked Madam George, which is, you know, not a, you know, not a, it's, it's a <laughs> kind of a randy little song, but it's longer. It's, okay. I think it's about six or seven minutes long if I, if I remember correctly. So I picked that Partly for the length and from this experience that I had, it's on that album, Astro Leaks. And it would be my wife, Beth, playing with our dog, Josie, you know, like um, a footage that doesn't necessarily exist. But that's the imagery that I would want to see those two in the backyard playing uh, along with uh, Van Morrison's Madam George. Yeah. Well, that is uh, it's a tough question because the what you have described is something that I think I would. I think I would try to avoid something that's going to be that powerful mm -hmm. emotionally for me. So like if I think back and I take a song that meant the most to me in my life or something like uh, I love the song um, uh, one by YouTube uh -huh. and I listened to that more than anything when I was in high school and college or something like that. And that song makes me kind of nostalgic and sad. And if I paired that with, you know, It'd my mom and my dad at some time that I, it was really. So uh, just go with memory. like Lump by Presidents of the United States yeah. mixed with the image of a bucket of chicken. Well, so, right. I mean, I was thinking that what I might do is just. Um, have some fun. Uh, yeah, I might, I might like, I might have the sound be like an audience laughing mm -hmm. and the image being like me within my own eyes, uh, replaying one of my, like a, a favorite scene I did from a play or mm -hmm. an improv show or something like that. So I could just have this like fun memory yeah. uh, of me going out where I'm kind of laughing or, or even like, uh, you know, something as, as silly as a, uh, uh, uh a movie that right. I, I think is hilarious. I'm trying to think of a scene like, <clears throat> like Eddie Murphy in the uh, Nutty <laughs> Professor. Uh -huh. Like, I, I don't know that if I know I'm going to die in five minutes, like I could do worse than like just laughing about right. watching Eddie Murphy to take my mind off of it. Because I'm not sure that uh, having, I'm, I'm not sure that I want that last five minutes to really uh -huh. be like, okay, I think I'd probably rather die suddenly yeah. than with a, uh, well, I, I do know once you've made this decision, if, you know, if it's like three weeks from now, I'm praying to hell I don't hear Madam George start, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're, you know, if you're a listener and you're you're 27 and you hear your your song come on. <laughs> right. Everybody oh, hurts starts playing, you're oh, like, gosh. oh geez, not now. 
I guess it also is what you want because I, 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 I probably should have phrased that question or left out. Oh, it's for this purpose because I think my what it might reveal is in that in those moments of you know pre death. What do you want? And I'm given to a lot of anxiety. I'm really prone to anxiety, so I think my selection was something that would be soothing and you know and very calm and very like peaceful but if you're not given to that then you might want something like you do of just give me something funny give me give me a laugh on the on the way on the way out you know i I just think i want to be distracted i mean i I feel like we all have to engage in a significant amount of um, either religion or cognitive dissonance in order to not be terrified all the time Uh dying right uh Unless it's just like, I really don't like life and, you know, it feels like a release. But I think for most people, there's there's either like a, a really strong faith religion that can help with that or, like I said, like cognitive dissonance. And a lot of the time, uh, not a lot of the time, but it, it strikes me most often, like I'll wake up in the middle of the night and just be like, oh, I'm going to die right. at some point. And like my friends and family are all going to die. And it's just horrific. And then I usually like... Again, I'm not doing this once a week, but I'll go and pull out like my computer and and go to YouTube or something uh-huh. and just calm myself down a little bit and and distract my own brain from addressing that question, which I don't want to do right now. Right. Um so your your <clears throat> your answer is much more uh uh brave than my answer, I think, <laughs> I because know. I think you're taking on like the thing that matters most to you and you're going to put yourself in this very uh, delicate emotional stage listening to a powerful song at least to you and seeing a very powerful image to you and you know crossing over to the other side and I kind of want like if it happens like hit me with the bus uh-huh. rather than have yeah. me think about um, all that I'm about to lose just <laughs> just pick like a two second sound like oh I want an air horn <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and the picture of a, uh, you know like uh, uh, Jerry Lewis uh, and just oh, let me go out like <laughs> yeah but see I wouldn't take that because there's like there's some small chance that your you know consciousness gets frozen <laughs> in that, that forever time. so I can't have that I can't I can't possibly have it be something like that horrible <laughs> all right what do you got my man all right should we come back to uh, what we started oh that's with? right that's great yes so um, what we started with was this is the situation. Uh, a journal of medicine has proven that your name does form how you're perceived and you perceive yourself. So it would affect, you know, in some ways your probably success or confidence as you went through the world and stuff like that. So if you could be present at your birth or however you want to do it from that day forward, you are known as this. What would you what would you name yourself? So if I think the name really has a ton of power and is going to impact me, my first thought is I would pick George uh-huh. because George is a name, uh, not a name that I particularly love, but I don't dislike it either. But it's uh, a lot of very powerful people, kings, presidents, etc., have been named George, and it just it's kind of a uh, a name that is brought, including for some people, uh, you, you could argue. Um, more success than maybe they would, their talent would warrant. And there, I'm, I'm specifically talking about Curious George, okay. the, uh, the monkey, <laughs> who uh, frankly is a mess of a monkey. I don't know. I'd, I'd end up with him in a cabin for a week. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Curious and kind. You know, sure. I don't think he was malicious. He was, 
He was, you know, yeah, let's curious, go easy on kind. I mean, <laughs> and what is going on with that man in the yellow hat? I don't know what I don't know what any of it's about. Well, it's but a baby I, monkey. You need some kind of caretaker. You know? Yeah, but what that guy is dressed head to toe in bright, like bright yeah. ass yellow. He loves something over he, the top. <laughs> he loves it. He's wearing like a sombrero, basically. Big flat, you know, jungle. Keep the sun, jungle sun off your face. You know? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Trust I don't know why guy. he's still wearing it around the city streets. I mean, I love Curious George mm-hmm. uh, as a kid growing up. <laughs> But I'm not sure. But, but in any case, I, I think I go George. Uh, but I, if I could go back in time and change my name, I would not change my name because I, I like my name a lot. Because it's a pretty great name. Uh, my name is an acronym, and so that's just been fun my whole life to yeah. be able to say, "Oh, my my name is my initials." Yeah, which your, yours is as well, but with two, that's not quite as yeah uh, unique. Um, I, I thought a little bit about this, and it, and it put me in. I, I think there are some men's names and i would stick with a man's name um that are kind of like sturdy uh imply some kind of like size and uh, a modicum of uh sans froid to them <laughs> which put me in the like uh nick jack kind of realm and where i rested on was ben i think ben uh-huh. is like and maybe i have the connotation of like gentle ben the the bear but it it's it put me in a or was was the grandfather in the Waltons Ben, or maybe the dad on the Waltons was Ben? But it made me seem like I, that's name kind of implies to me like kindness, gentility, masculinity still though, sure. um, and and like kind of a good size. And then I even picked the last name. I think it was I was going to go with O'Malley because everyone seems to like the Irish. Okay. You know, like they seem. You know, I think they're thought of as the time frame and jocular the, uh, the location, but sure, <laughs> jocular people in in general. So I think Ben O'Malley. Would would have an okay time in life. I think he'd, he'd I think he'd make good friends and be a good friend. Yeah, I think Ben O'Malley's going to do all right. I'll go George Lucas. <laughs> no, wait, no. I'm gonna <laughs> That's here's the situation. We'd like to thank Nate DeFort for uh, for producing this, Julie Nichols for our theme music, and we hope you're enjoying this. If you if you are, or if you're not, or if you have a situation, we're at here's the situation podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We'll talk to you next time.